It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.07 on a Saturday morning. Welcome, my friends. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape, however you define success. Maybe one less weed, one more flower, one less trip around the lawn with a lawnmower. If you have questions about anything you need to do in your garden, 404-872-0750. Let's get rid of some business here. We've got things to give away. The WSB McDonald's Weekend Prize Pack. Ashley Frasca will think of a number between two and seven who will win the following a pair of tickets to see Bare Naked Ladies. It's the name of the band. It's not going to be strippers. It's the name of the band, Bare Naked Ladies, in concert July 12th at Verizon Wireless Amphitheater, produced by ASO Presents, plus a pair of tickets to see John Cleese and Eric Idle from Monty Python, August, uh, October, I should say, October 21 at Cobb Energy Center. For these two events, Ashley, what caller is going to win them? Caller number three to what phone number? 404-741-0750. I got that one right. Our contest line is 404-741-0750 to win tickets to see the Bare Naked Ladies and the folks from Mighty Python as well. At 8.08, let's go to the phones. we got Vincent in Sandy Springs, and uh, he's got problems with his zucchini plant. Hey, Vincent. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm well. How can I help? Well, I have a, a small community garden plot, and I planted black and green zucchini and got a nice produce, yeah. uh, several. And I noticed after pulling them out, um, I started getting yellowing of the leaves. They started wilting. They were, you know, initially the leaves were just taking over. Yeah. Broad green, bright, vibrant green. And, and now they've just kind of started wilting. And I'm thinking, do I need to just are they done? Should I just cut out those and plant something else? Let's eliminate. Out? Let's eliminate one thing that possibly could cause squash wilting, zucchini plant wilting. Uh-huh. And I, I want to preface this by saying that some people ask you. I meet people all the time, and they know what I do. And they said, "How do you prepare for the radio show? Do you have to do have to come in at three a.m. and study, or do anything like that?" And I say, "No, my preparation is at home during the week when I allow people to send me email questions from my website. And so for the past week and a half to two weeks, I guess now, Vincent, I've gotten email after email about squash vine borer." which I've said to myself, watch out, somebody's going to call on Saturday with a thing about their squash plant is wilting and it's going to be squash vine borer. So do you, have you ever seen what that damage looks like, Vincent? Probably. That's probably what I have. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the base of the leaves. And if okay. it looks sort of stringy and rotten and just like it's coming apart at the seams, that is squash vine borer. It's a moth who lays her eggs on the squash stems back oh, four weeks ago, I guess. And okay. um, the egg develops into a larvae. Larvae tunnels into the stem, and nothing, no damage is really visible for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden, down it comes. The whole squash plant wilts away because it no longer has the uh, stem to support and give it water. So check for that. That's my guess. That's my guess, Vincent. And if that is the case, is it done? 
not necessarily. You, if it's not terribly deteriorated, you can take a razor blade and very carefully slit the um, round hollow tube that is the stem of a squash until you find a squash vine borer larvae. And they're real ugly. They're white. They're about a quarter inch in diameter and about an inch or two, maybe long. And once you've found them, you can sort of tease them out with a stick or a pointed thing and then throw them on the street for the birds to eat. Okay. And then so the plant will heal up and no more damage done by the larvae inside the stems. But if it's really rotten and looking just junky around the base of the plant, it's hard to get all those larvae out. And you may be at the end of the end of the season for your squash. Right. And do squash reproduce fruit uh, constantly over the summer? It, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you said zucchini, I thought, yeah, all the people who have zucchini plants and have just bags of zucchini by the middle of July are giving away at church. They're giving away people driving by on the highway. Okay. <laughs> they try to get rid of the zucchini. Yeah, they get a lot of squash off of uh, okay, zucchini. Great. That's what I was hoping for. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, one more thing, Vincent. I'll tell you this. If you want some more zucchini or yellow squash or whatever, there's still plenty of time to plant the uh, started seed seedlings that you can get from big box stores and pike as well, go ahead and plant them again. And uh, later in the season, planting tends to not have as many squash vine borer attacking them. And so you may, by what, August, September, you'll have lots of squash and the vines will look great. Okay. All right. Good to know. Do it again. Thanks for calling, right. Vincent. Thank you. Take it's care. 11 minutes past the hour. we got Kevin in Cumming, Georgia, who joins us. Hey, Kevin. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How you doing? Doing fine, man. How can I help? I need some help. I, uh, I bought a house a few weeks ago, and uh, evidently the former homeowner loved pompous grass. <laughs> I've got about 30, I don't know, stalks or however you, whatever you call it, but there's about 30 of them out in the front yard that I've yeah. been chopping and killing and spraying, yeah. and it keeps coming back. I can't get rid of it. I need to know how to get rid of this stuff. My neighbor, Ed, <laughs> he has a – it's not pompous grass. He's got some other grass that he has in his front lawn. And I came by – it was back in, I guess, January, February maybe. And that whole clump had been set on fire. And I thought, hi, how, what, who, what's going on here? So I saw Ed later, and I said, what happened to your grass in front of the house? He said, oh, I lit it on fire. It was really fun <laughs> to watch. <laughs> so now is not the time to burn your pampas grass. It's dry. You can set a forest yeah. on fire. You know, but some people have told me that burning it at an appropriate time, where it's not going to start the rest of the neighborhood on fire, is one of the only ways they have found to kill pompous grass. Just to okay. put some gasoline on it, up it goes. Just a tablespoon to or two well, of gasoline. I've, I've tried. Um, somebody had recommended a certain brand, one of the strongest, uh, like uh, root. And yeah bush killers or whatever yeah. and i've tried that and it just seems to be drinking it and getting bigger can you um, can you chop it can you get it down to four inches maybe high off the soil surface kevin i, I i've got them down uh, i've got three or four of them down now to where they're uh within just maybe a, a half a foot yeah. above the ground surface uh but they're growing back it's like they it's, it's like they grow two or three inches oh, sure. overnight. Yeah, it's fast, fast, crazy. fast. If you can possibly, maybe even borrow a chainsaw from somebody and get uh -huh. it down low, I mean two or three or four inches from the soil surface, uh -huh. most of the time that will that will get a good bit of damage onto the pompous grass, and you can control any sprouts that come up after that with a Roundup or something like that. Okay, okay. It's not great for the chainsaw. I'll tell you this, whoever lets you use their chainsaw is not going to have a good chain when it comes back, so offer to sharpen the chain for them, too, <laughs> when you use that to cut down the pompous grass. 
So uh, one one last question. Someone, or, or maybe I've read this, I don't know, we've been doing some research on it, said that the only way, once you even get it down, that you actually have to dig the root out. But is, would that be the case if you get to where you can spray the roots? Would, would you be able to leave them in the ground? Or yeah, you, you can leave them, them in the ground. That's why I'm saying if you just get it low enough or a lawnmower okay. maybe can go over it in the future and kill any stray sprouts that come up gotcha. with Roundup, you'll be fine. Thank you, Walter. Appreciate it's, it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for calling, Kevin. Have a good day. Bye-bye. we got Janet, who's in Cobb County in Marietta, with a question about her squash. Hey, Janet, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, Janet. How can I help? I have a container vegetable garden, mm-hmm. and I have two squash plants, and they are just covered in blooms. The blooms will fall off, and I get no squash. Uh-huh. So have you seen my uh, my webpage where I explain about squash sex? No. You need to study it, Janet, because I bet you that's what's happening. Squash and zucchini and you know cucumbers and watermelons, all of them, um, put on male flowers and female flowers on their vines, but typically the male flowers appear first on a vine, and they fall off, and they don't have any cucumbers or squash or anything on them and so the gardener despairs and calls me and then I have to give them this little lecture about how you have male flowers and they come and then they fall off the plant and then you have female flowers and then finally both of them will appear at the same time and Janet has all the squash she could possibly use. All right. So you're fine. If you want to see the whole details and pictures and stuff like that, go to my website. Just type squash pollination or uh, squash sex or something like that. It'll tell you what you need to know. All right. Well, thank you very much. Sure, Janet. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Chris has come back to us. And Chris, uh, line one, two, three. Here we go. Hey, Chris. Good morning. Hey, Walter. Uh, I have a question about an avocado uh, seed that my five-year-old and I rooted for or rooted for a science project. We Great. put some toothpicks in it yeah. and set it in a glass of water on a saucer. And it's got one uh, white root that kind of looks like a little worm sticking <laughs> out of the bottom. Sure. And the avocado has the seed is split up the middle. You can see a little green on the inside. Hmm. Uh, I was wondering when the right time to put it in a in a pot. Give it uh, a little a little more growing time, and you can accelerate the whole process if it's in better light than indoors. So if it's in the kitchen window or someplace like that, actually taking it outdoors into a bright, I call it bright shade, meaning sun doesn't ever hit it directly, but there's really bright reflected light from everywhere around. So a place with bright shade outdoors, and within two weeks or so, that green that's in the middle of the little avocado pit will sprout out, and you'll have a little stem that'll start growing, and it'll have leaves on it eventually, and the roots, of course, will still grow in the little cup of water, too. But at some point, we're going to, you and your son are going to move that into a uh, about an 8-inch to 10-inch maybe sized uh, regular pot with potting soil. So I would wait until the sprout is six or seven inches long and then take it out of the cup with the toothpicks, pull the toothpicks out of the side of the pit and put it into a a pot that really has real potting soil in it. Awesome. Bottom line, you're going to have fun, your son will learn, and when it gets to be I don't know, eight to twelve inches tall, that's your next step to do something more on it, Chris. And that is to take a pair of scissors or even your thumbnail to pinch out the top of that sprout, which will cause it to re-sprout a couple of limbs in two different or three different directions. And that'll make it a little more bushy, because elsewise, if you don't pinch out the top when it's 12 inches tall, it'll be 30 inches tall before you know it and have this little umbrella of green leaves at the top. 
and will not very, look very attractive. So pinching it out when it is about 12 inches tall is what I would recommend. And um, it's a great project. It's a great thing to share with your kids. So thanks for calling. It's a great uh, thing to do and always amazing to see an avocado actually grow in water in a pot. It's 818 at News Talk WSB. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be hot this afternoon. Low 90s, the predicted uh, rise in temperature. Right now it's 76 degrees in the studios of WSB. Overnight, low 70s. Just a warm day all around. Just a 40% chance of rain. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5, AM 750 WSB. And tomorrow morning you get that AJC, the Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. they got a big investigation about why Georgia has the highest increases in auto insurance rates. And who you can blame it on? One thing you can blame it on, the weather. How does that work out? Your full forecast or your full coverage of this comes in Sunday's edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Nancy is in McDonough, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Nancy, good morning. Good morning. How are you all? I'm fabulous. How can I help? I have a hotty hibiscus that looks like a skeleton. Mm. I came back from vacation. Somebody was watering it for me. She goes, something's eating it. I said, yeah, I guess so. All the way to the ground, flowers and everything. So I had to cut it back, and right. now it's whatever's going after my other one. Ha! So, all the way to the ground. That's not an insect. It's like a it, deer. It, I'm suspecting it's sawflies. Mm, boy, you. But the leaves would stay on the plant if you have sawflies. Well, they did. So. They did. They stayed on the plant, but it was brown all the way to the ground. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. What do the leaves? Do the leaves look sort of like a doily? Um, yeah. If you describe it, because that is what sawfly damage looks like. They doily, doily the leaves on hibiscus. Um, yeah, like all the stuff is like the the, the vines and yeah, little holes everywhere. Vines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it is sawfly, we're not absolutely convinced that it's sawfly, but if you think it is, it could be the doily appearance of the leaves. Certainly supports that. But the easiest thing i found to use is just insecticidal soap. You spray under the leaves and possibly if you get out there early before the sun really hits the plant, that's when they're most active in the morning before sunlight hits them and they move around and get back down to the ground. So try insecticidal soap under the leaves. Now is neem like an insecticidal soap? Yeah, yeah. neem is not the same. It's an insecticidal oil, but it'll kill them too. Yeah, because I use that. Also, will it go after my... um uh, trumpet vine? No. No. The okay. hibiscus sawfly is very specific just for hibiscus. And uh, some tropical hibiscus, some hardy hibiscus uh, seem to get it more than others. Don't know why particularly it is. But if you're thorough about spraying underneath the leaves, that's where they're always going to be, is under the leaves. If you can do that with the, either the neem oil or the insecticidal soap, either one will kill them. And just get after them and get rid of them and fertilize the hibiscus to start making new leaves. And maybe in a month or so, it'll look a lot better. Nancy, thanks so much for calling. we got to go at 728 at News Talk WSB. Mickey Gasaway, the Pike Pick of the Weekend, coming up at After News. Bare naked acts, two virgins hand in hand, and 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 hand in glove. But now that I'm far away, it doesn't seem to me to be such a pain. 
to have you hanging off my ankle like some kind of ball chain. You can be my Yoko Ono. You can follow me wherever I go. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.35 on a Saturday morning, 76.9 degrees outside. As you heard, it's got about 15, 16 more degrees to go up to the 90s today. So if you need advice on what to do in your garden that you're going to do before 1 or 2 o'clock, you can call me, 404-872-0750. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, along with my friend Mickey Gazaway, the the pride of Pike Nursery around Atlanta. Hey, Mickey. Good morning, Walter. How are you? Do other employees of Pike sort of treat you as a rock star? They just treat me like a mole. They're really sweet sweet to me, I have to say, but that's why. No, I have fun. I have a fun job. Yes, you do. It's a great place to work. Although, underneath the plastic in the greenhouse on a day like today is pretty it's warm. It's about 15 degrees hotter, yeah. but uh, they're cool spots. I mean, we have these great fans that have water running down in them. Oh, yeah. And it, it really does. It helps a lot. I always tell them that's my office right in front of the fans. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, it's not bad. And there's shady spots in there. And, yeah. You know, you come in and get what you got to get, and um, then you go inside and look at all the pretty stuff. <laughs> well, Mickey, it's great talking to you, but we got very important that's business. Right. We need to announce the weekend, pr- the, not the weekend prize pack, the no, pike pick of the weekend. That's, that's what we're right, looking for. bird food. Just all sorts of bird all food? All kinds of bird food. That, um uh, Pikes has got a really good brand of bird feeder. It, they, it does great. And my favorite one is one called this, our special mix, our yeah. Pikes special mix. It's got um, sunflower seeds. It's got safflower. It's got peanuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the birds like And it doesn't have a whole lot of millet in it, which yeah. is a filler. Yeah. That, uh, even though the doves like it, I don't want it on the ground around you know most of my feeders. So yeah. I use that a lot. And everybody likes it. Man, you uh, can just I get straight. This morning, I fed, I filled my hummingbird feeder, and that's on sale, by the way, too. Great. And um, the the uh, nectar is on yeah. sale; it's included. And uh, but I had a cardinal, and. Um, uh, titmouse and a chickadee and a hummingbird all feeding at the same time within about 10 feet of each other. Yeah. So that was fun watching. I use just a straight sun sunflower seeds, oil sunflower seeds on mine. I don't get quite the variety I think that you do, but you know it's good enough for me to have the well, uh, that's true. birds visit. That's true. And everybody has, and in the wintertime, I do use some just straight sunflower seed because I use so much. I use about 50 pounds a week in the wintertime. So, you know, I kind of spread it out. But the special mix is the... For everybody, yeah. that's the favorite one. But all of them are on sale. Twenty percent off. Feeder, yeah, twenty yeah. percent off. Keep your hummingbird feed uh, your feeders filled because they are really working hard now. Well, the hummingbirds, I think they go through ebb and flow, uh, or wax and wane during yeah. the summer season. So I always leave my hummingbird feeder filled. Oh, me too. Whether I see them or not, and then all of a sudden one day there'll be five all fighting that's for right. a position around it. We had a, an albino last year. Oh wow! That was really cool. fun. Yeah, that was really fun. So it's fun to watch them. And, and then in the fall, and you know that they're they're also eating insects. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what they feed their babies. 
So we need to make sure that everybody knows that when you select your bird product today, bird food product or the okay. hummingbird nectar, be sure and tell the cashiers. Like, this is it's Walter and Mickey's pick. Pike Pick for the weekend, right. 20% off. That's great. That's it's great right. discount. And be sure and come to our, um, we're having a hummingbird and butterfly class this morning at 9 o'clock at all the stores. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get the hummingbirds and the butterflies in your garden, then you know them to come to the class and we'll show you how to do it. That's great. And there'll be people around during the day who are able to answer questions Absolutely. about the class in the morning. So you don't necessarily have to get there at 9, but you get the best concentrated demonstration and uh, knowledge from the We've 9 o'clock classes. It, it, all the stores have got birding experts that yeah. can help you. And, and that's one of the best additions to the Pike line of things, I think, in the last five years when you've started the big birding section. I really enjoy visiting and seeing the new new feeders and new kinds of seed mixes and things like that. It's just just Good. awesome. Well, I'm glad you do. I do indeed. Well, Mickey, where do we go to find all the Pike locations and all the other information we need to know about Pike Nursery? At PikeNursery.com. Of course. I'll see you next Saturday. See you soon. Looking Bye. forward to it. Thanks for calling, Mickey. 404-872-0750 gets you in to get your question answered. Sharon is out in Jonesboro and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Sharon, hey, good morning. Hey, how you doing, Walter? I'm all right. What's going on? Uh, I got a lawn, uh, St. Augustine lawn, that I actually started about four years ago, and it, it was looking very beautiful. Great. But around this time every year, I seem to have these bugs, these black bugs that actually jump up from the lawn each time that I cut it. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're black with two orange stripes across the back. I don't know what they are. I was just hoping maybe you could give me some insight on what kind of insects these are, and if so... Uh, do I have to be worried about them causing any damage? They come out every year. Oddly enough, what you have is one form of a creature that you may have seen before and not really understood what was going on, but it's a spittle bug. You have okay. adult spittle bugs that are jumping up on your legs in the lawn. And they don't do, I don't, as far as I know, they don't do any damage at all to the lawn, the adult forms with the little stripes on the back. But uh-huh. the nymphal form is the one that makes little masses of spit around the stems of um, oh, yeah. grasses and flowers and things like that. You see these and you don't realize there's any connection because they look so different from each other, but one is the early form of the creature and the adults are the ones that are jumping on your pants legs when you mow out there. So, you know, to put da- put it down to it, I don't think there's any real reason to control the adult spittlebugs if you wanted to. I guess you can find all sorts oh. of hose-applied insecticides that would kill them pretty easily. The thing you need to worry about, Sharon, is the chinch bugs in St. Augustine. They will okay. eat your lawn up before you know it. What 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 do I do with the with that type of bug, the the, the chinch bug? Chinch bugs. How do I get rid of it. Um, yeah. Here's a way to find out if you have them. This is sort of a odd way of doing things, but it's very effective. Get a little dust buster or a vacuum cleaner with a hose on it and put uh-huh. a piece of uh, cheesecloth or old lady mm-hmm. stocking or something like that over the over the tube and just turn it on, go out to the lawn, turn it on, and vacuum two, three, four, five places, particularly places that seem to be thinning just a little bit, sort of yellow looking. And uh-huh. if you then take that piece of cheesecloth or whatever off the nozzle of the vacuum cleaner, you can see cheech bugs are little red things. They're not okay. at all as big as the uh, spittle bugs that you're seeing, but they're little bitty red things, and they feed at the base of uh, St. Augustine grass plants, and they inject a poison which kills the blade above that point. And like I say, it does not take long for a infestation of two or three spittle bugs to be two or three hundred, two or three million after a while, so keep your eyes out for spittle bugs. And how do I kill them? Uh, Same thing. Any garden insecticide will kill them, but okay. it's better to treat them when the population is real low than it is to wait and say, good Lord, Walter, my whole half of my St. Augustine lawn is turning yellow. What is it? That's hard to recover okay. from. 
Okay, I appreciate it, Walter. Nice, nice hearing from you, and I love listening to the show. Sharon, thanks so much for calling. We'll All see right, you, man. Buddy. 42 minutes, 43 actually, minutes after the hour. we got Gary in Canton, Georgia, who's with us. Hey, Gary, Walter, good morning. How you doing? Hey, man, what's up? Uh, got a question for you. Uh, when we were building my lake and contouring the land and all this my wife comes up with a pear tree about 12 years ago and yeah. says i want to plant a pear tree and i said well you got to wait till we get all the dirt where we want it <laughs> so i said plant it over there so we planted it over to the side now it's encompassed with pine trees and i want to move it and mm. it's probably 12 or probably almost 20 feet tall mm. uh, and this is a fruit pear tree is yeah. what would be the procedure for moving and i've got access to some heavy equipment you know track hoe and uh, skid loaders, something yeah, like that. You might be able to do it, but you can't do it now. No, no, no. It's too hot. Okay. And there's too much demand for water, and okay. it's just not going to work to do it now. If you can do the moving, I think November, December is probably the easiest time to do it. The ground is still sort of warm in November, and I think that'd be the, the leaves are falling off the pear. So if you've got power tools, if you've got some tractors and scoops yeah. and hose and things. All you're really trying to do is get as much root system as you possibly can and right. lift it up and move it over to the new place and drop it in. But I wouldn't do it till November easily. Okay. Well, let me ask you something. As a rule of thumb, is do the roots, you know, say, say however far the limbs come out uh, left and right, yeah. uh, the roots are out that far as well? As At least that. that far and probably five, ten maybe feet beyond that where the little feeder roots wow. go out into the lawn or the landscape. Yeah, they're way beyond where the drip line so is. We're about a pretty good size root ball, huh? Hey, you got tools, you got machinery. Come on, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? You need the big right. one, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to have to measure this thing up and see if it's worth it. But uh, it uh, may not be. I mean, it I, may I, be more I'll give better. A message, to, a message to their wives, you know, don't plant nothing until you get all the land like you want it. <laughs> good, good advice. It's great advice, right, Gary. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. You bet. We'll see you soon. Huh. 404. Well, you know the number. I don't need to repeat that another time. Bill's up Johns Creek, and Bill joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bill, good morning. Good morning to you. What can I do for you? I have a lawn issue. Uh, last fall, I have Zeon Zoysia, and last <laughs> fall, when it started turning brown, it turned out to be a fungus, and I didn't realize hmm. that until this spring. Yeah. So what I did was I put out fungicide, I have removed all the dead grass, and every two weeks I put out more fungicide and also mill organite. Got it. So it seems to be recovering somewhat. I was just wondering if there's anything else I can do to make it recover better. How are you fertilizing? Uh, about every two weeks with that mill organite. Okay. You're, that sounds about right. I thought it was like three or four on the mill organite label. You sure it says two weeks? On the oh, no, I, I, I'm not sure it said two weeks. I'm just one of these anxious people that want to get it to recover. <laughs> do, do it right. Read the label. Come on, Bill. Uh, right. Read the label. Make sure you're putting out the right amount at the right sequence of times during the summertime. Um, did you have any kind of professional um, examination or somebody that knew what they were talking about to say what the fungus was initially? No, I haven't. Okay, so this we're is, not real the second sure. second time I've had it, but Last time I had it was in the spring, and I did. What are the what are the symptoms? And, and recovered keeping mostly. In, keeping in mind that I only have about two minutes, so what were the symptoms that you saw on the lawn? Well, there was brown spots, and then where the lawnmower rolled over it, it spread it around the rest of the lawn in streaks where the wheels were. Oh yes, 
I have not come to a good answer on these streaks in zoysia grass, but you may be right. You may be right that the wheels are taking it uh, through the rest of the lawn, but I have at least three sets of pictures from people just like you, Bill, who said, what causes these stripes in my zoysia lawn? And the only thing that makes sense, I guess, is the wheels of the mower is, is moving the fungus around, but I have no idea which fungus it is, and I'm not sure it's any of the common ones of you know brown patch and dollar spot and things like that. Mm-hmm. But the advice that I give to people is pretty much what you've already done, which is use a slow-release fertilizer. You're doing that with milorganite. Use a fungicide to stop the progression of disease. You're already doing that. Make sure you're watering correctly and not overwatering during the week. So man, I don't have any clue other than change the environment about what you should do. So, okay, okay. I, you know, I've read other things. I did put down uh, some compost this spring because somebody was saying that's the best way to kill it. Compost does help. Compost has so many microorganisms, they end up sort of out-competing other fungi that might be in the soil. So that's yeah. not bad advice. But I'm going to just disappoint you, Bill, and say I don't have a magic bullet for this situation. I see the stripes and zoysia. I see some situations that just look like unlike anything else that I look around when I see zoysia lawns. So for today, keep doing what you're doing. Follow the label on fertilization, and hopefully things will turn around for you. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for calling, Bill. Bye. It's 848 at News Talk WSB. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. With a quick update brought to you by Ackerman Security about the weather. No relief in sight. It's going to be hot just like it was yesterday. It's going to be today. It's going to be tomorrow. It's going to be hot. It's going to be 90 degrees today. Small chance of maybe 40% for thunder showers throughout the evening. And then tonight, lows in the low or highs in the low 70s overnight. Same thing for tomorrow, except maybe a little bit hotter. Mm-mm-mm. For full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Donald, to carry on a little conversation we've been having this morning about avocados and what he can expect. Donald, hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, Walter? Good, fine, Donald. What's up? Okay. Your conversation with the fellow uh, about his uh, avocado situation. Yeah. Well, we have uh, avocado that's about three years old. It's growing in a pot, and it's about three feet tall. Yeah. I'm wondering, can I do anything to produce fruit with that? You know, it'd be real happy in Miami. You could take it on a vacation to Miami for a year or so, and you might get fruit then. But, I mean, they need to be pretty big, Donald. They need an avocado, the smallest one I think that I saw was in my sister's backyard when she lived in Miami, and it was easily eight or nine maybe feet tall. And that's not one you're going to have fun bringing indoors for the wintertime protection from cold. So Okay. Well, thank you very much, Walter. Man, if, I mean... There are gardeners who are crazy. You and I both know this, Donald. Some crazy gardeners will put a structure around plants to protect them. I've seen a person with a banana greenhouse. I've seen a person with a lemon greenhouse. They just built this thing just to go around their lemon or, or banana bush to make sure that they uh, get a little fruit off of it. But it costs a lot of money. It was the most expensive fruit they'd ever purchased, I think. You could build an enclosure around your avocado with a little, a little source of heat in there, I guess, and keep it outside in the wintertime. But... That's about the only way you're going to get fruit from that avocado. 
I think I'll continue to go to Publix and buy them. <laughs> I think that's a lot cheaper. Save your money. That's exactly right. Donald, thanks so much for calling. Thank you all. Don't forget, friends, if you didn't get your question answered today, you can always go to my website, WalterReeves.com, and use just one or two words in the search line. If you read a whole sentence like, what is going on with my tomato, that the search engine that I use is not going to be able to understand that like Google would. But if you just type one or two words in, like tomato spots or uh, St. Augustine care or something like that, you get a lot better results. And I think that's the way to go for a lot of people who don't get their question answered on the radio show. Just go to WalterReeves.com and look it up. And there's uh, probably 8,000, I think, now articles that are on my website. A lot of things. One of the things you'll notice on the front page is an uh, announcement of our trip to Cuba. We're going back to Cuba for the fourth time this October. And if you'd like to see the country before it becomes Walmart and Starbucks and everything else, then you can come on a tour that we do down there <coughs> of gardens in Havana. And that's coming up in October. Get details about that. You can like me on my Facebook fan page and follow me on Twitter at Walter Reeves. We'll see you right here next Saturday morning for another edition of Lawn and Garden.